Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years. Every other Thursday we feature just one classic story from the vaults. We ask that you keep the historical context in mind. Today, in 2021, there's a different consciousness. We've always asked storytellers to speak in as unfiltered a way as possible, and yet to tell their stories with as much compassion as possible. Even so, I'm sure the storytellers and the host might have worded some of what they said on these old episodes differently if they'd been recorded more recently. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Katie Sampson first shared on the show in December of 2013. Here's Katie now with a story we call The First Time Again. Uh, so, I'm 20 years old, I'm uh, at a park with some friends, it's evening time, I'm on winter break from college, my sophomore year, and I'm, I'm home with some friends, and we go, we go to this park, and we decide to go sledding. I jump in a sled at the top of the hill, I hit my first jump, there's two guys sitting behind me, and we lose control of the sled. I, I let go, and I fly through the air and I land right on my neck. Snapped, it snapped. And I instantly knew that I had broken my neck. And the paralysis was instant. 
to the point where I had been freezing my ass off on top of the hill and this warmth flows through me. And the paralysis was instant to the fact that I fell at the top of the hill and I slowly felt my body floating all the way down to the bottom because I couldn't feel my body hit the ground repeatedly time after time after time. I landed on top of a friend and I said, I can't move, you need to go and get someone. And I sat with another friend holding my hand. The ambulance came, I was driven to a nearby helicopter and I was flown to uh, Jefferson University Hospital here in Philadelphia where they performed a spinal subluxation. They fused the bone from my hip to my neck, three inches of titanium. I spent the next six months in a rehab hospital here in Philadelphia, one of the best rehab hospitals in the country, McGee. Two years later, I'm actually back at college. But it was one of those situations where I had slowly made these milestones. I had been through learning about having the disability, figuring out the wheelchair, learning how to transfer myself, bathing myself, all these things. And I was back at college in my last semester without my mother. Because you see, my mom had come back to college with me. And it's not the type of dream that you envision for yourself as a young college student, especially when it comes to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> and all those things had happened for me prior to my time having my, my sledding accident. And it was one of those situations where I really wanted to experience my senior year without my mom. I was a selfish 22-year-old kid. And so I, we decided to hire a friend to come and live with me as my roommate, as well as she was a nurse. And she was a little bit younger, and she knew that she had to sort of stay out of my way a little bit. So things were starting to fall into place as far as all of these little milestones my senior year. I had gotten back involved with sports. I had been a lacrosse player um, my freshman year. My team had won the national championship. The team had brought me back as a student coach. We won the national championship again. I decided to take a modern dance class in a wheelchair uh, with 30 freshman football players. <laughs> which was terrifying and awesome. Um, I had made new friends, friends that didn't know me before I had my spinal cord injury, which was so fantastic. But the romance really wasn't falling into place. And, you know, I had had a successful career romantically. Um, when I was 12, I had my first kiss with my summer sweetheart on the beach in uh, Westport Harbor, Massachusetts. You know, we, we swapped some saliva. It, I think there was a boob grab uh, over the bathing suit. I, I shouldn't really say boob. It was more like mosquito bite or like a tablespoon of mashed potatoes uh, that he was feeling there. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, cut to like late teenage years. Um, my losing of my virginity happened on summer vacation with my family and my grandparents with a week-long stay at a, at a resort in Florida to which at the end of the week I had been having sex with our waiter 
And my grandmother asked my grandfather how much we should tip the waiter, and he says, I think Katie already took care of that. (laughs) Yeah, so that happened. Um, My freshman year of college, I had had an altercation in a dorm room with a young man in which I was performing a sexual act, and the fire alarm went off, and I was just so embarrassed because I couldn't do the act on the rhythm with the fire alarm, and then I started doing it on the rhythm against the fire alarm, and it just wasn't working with the fire alarm, if you know what I'm saying. So that just didn't go as well as I had hoped. Um, But, uh, you know, when I was in rehab, I remember all of these times where people were... I had a friend that uh, had sent me a book called Enabling Romance, you know, for, for those times when you are in a wheelchair and you want to, you know, get, get your groove back. Um, I remember my physical therapist slipping a, a VHS in my room at one point and having to sit through these painful, painful videos, uh, black and white videos of men in wheelchairs having sex with their wives or caregivers, who knows. Um, but there was no women doing those things. Uh, there's no women in wheelchairs, uh, and so that was really confusing to me. But uh, I don't know. I just thought, you know, like it wasn't going to happen. Or worst case scenario, like if it happened, something really awkward would happen along with it. I'd like fall out of my chair, or the the guy would wimp out or something. So homecoming weekend. I'm with some of my best friends that are back visiting on campus, and we decide to go to a kind of keg party of sorts. And um, I have to mention this because I think it's really significant to this story. I have a friend who has his doctoral in uh, disability studies, and he has this theory about people who've suffered a spinal cord injury and their recovery in, the, in social life and cultural life. And he says that for every year post-spinal cord injury, you increase your age by four years. So the first year you have a spinal cord injury, you're four years old. You're brought down to almost an infant level. The second year, you're 12. The third, or I'm sorry, math, uh, you're eight. I was told there'd be no math tonight. Um, uh, yeah, eight, right, 12. So I'm going into my, my third year, 12 years, right? Okay, we're, we're back. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm in my early adolescence. I'm like, you know, I've sent mom home. I'm with my roommate slash nurse. That's pretty cool. I'm out with friends. Uh, I'm going to do something dangerous. Um, so we go to this party, and uh, I'm reconnecting with people, and I see this guy from across the room that I recognize. And uh, his name is Sam, and he had graduated a few years before. And uh, we just, we start talking, and he's very funny, and yet I can tell that he's kind of the goofball of his friends, and they're coming up and hugging him and saying, like, like you know, hey, how's it going? And he's asking me questions about lacrosse and about coming back to college. And, and then at some point I realize that I have to get out of this dormitory and be carried out because... The more the night progresses, the less sober people in the party are. And public safety on campus did not want me in houses late at night in case there was a fire. So I was not only a fire hazard, but I was kind of like the, you know, the, the party downer at, at times. It's like, oh, we got to carry the girl in a wheelchair out 
don't no one get too drunk tonight. So um, he volunteers to actually pick me up and lift me back up out of the house. And then he asks if he can walk me home. And, and I remember my best friend was there, and she's like giving me the stink eye, like, I don't know about this. And he says something just, just so incredibly charming. He's like, I, I can take care of her. You know, I got this. And so he walks me back, and I'm, I'm blabbering, nervous wreck, because I, I still don't have it in my mind that anything's actually going to happen. Like, we're going to have this sort of, like, hug goodbye, this awkward hug where he's going to come down with, like, one arm and give me a little pat-pat and send me, send me into my apartment. And then... We, we get back, and I'm, I live like three houses down practically from where this party's happening. So it was a short walk. And I'm sort of just figuring out how I'm going to say goodbye. And he's like asking me if he can see my apartment. And uh, I'm like, did I just fucking Jedi mind trick this guy? Like, what is happening? What is happening? Uh, so I welcome him in. I like, give him a little tour. Like, here's my bedroom. Here's... Uh, living room, kitchen, can I get you a beer? And he's like, um, do you think I could sleep over? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, on the couch? Uh, and he's like, no, I'd, I'd like to spend the night with you. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that, that sounds great. Um, why don't we, uh, I have a roommate, she's going to help me into bed, because I don't think I want you to deal with all that sort of stuff. And why don't you sit here? Here's a magazine. Um, here's beer. Uh, well, I'll just like ring a bell when I'm ready. <laughs> so I go and knock on my roommate's door, and she comes out, not knowing that anyone's there. She's just woken up. And she's like, how was the party? And I'm like, shh, there's a boy in the living room. And we both, she looks over and sees his legs crossed, like sticking out of the living room. And she looks at me, and I look at her, and we start jumping up and down. <laughs> There's a boy in the living room. There's a boy in the living room. There's a boy in the living room. Oh, my God! And I'm like, I'm happy. I'm elated. I'm excited. I start to get this, like, public enemy song in my head, like, I got game. She's got game. Who's got game? We're having this, like, mad tribal dance party silently in my living room, and I'm like flapping my wings like I, I don't know what's happening and uh, I have to calm down because I have to I have to make this magic moment happen um, so uh, she helps me get into bed with um, I use a transfer board and I'm like you know she's like do I get undressed like no I don't want to assume that that's going to happen like and I wasn't to be honest ready because keep in mind I'm still 12 years old it's kind of a weird scenario, but yeah, stick with me on it. Um, it just got really weird, didn't it? Yeah, yeah okay. So anyway, um, I put on some Pete Yorn first album. Forgot that I had left the CD player on repeat. We'll come back to that. Um, so uh, I'm in bed. I'm sort of like half dressed, like kind of half undressed, I'm not really sure, um, and uh, I think my, my roommate sort of goes to her room, and uh, she's like, okay, have a good night, and as like signaling, you know, like, we're ready for you. <laughs> so he kind of gives a little knock, and you know, comes, walks in, and he's like six foot five, and 
tall, he's really tall, and he's got red hair and like kind of scraggly beard, and I'm like really seeing him for the first time, like in my fucking bedroom. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm so awkward. I'm like, come on, come on in. The water is warm. <laughs> Here. Um, uh, so, this has not happened to me before. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just going to talk through how nervous I am. And I, I sort of just say, like, can we just uh, be together and maybe not, like, be together tonight? Because I just don't know if I'm ready for that, but I'm so glad you're here. And he, he kind of just calms me down. He holds my hand. He sort of pats it a little bit. And we start talking, and he asks me, like, where I can feel um, where I can't feel, and um, surprisingly enough, with spinal cord injury, you can lose your motor function and still have your sensory function. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about that a little bit. Um, and then uh, he grabs, he grabs, he caresses my face, and, uh, and we kiss. And uh, he's, it's like there's this... Old Spice makes natural light going on in his mouth a little bit. And um, it's, it's lovely, and it's, like, warm and sweet and compassionate. And, and then he falls asleep. Um, and I'm sitting there with my wide eyes looking at this man in my bed and really believing it for the first time that I had made this magic moment happen. And then Pete Yorn goes back to the first song and then I realized I had left the CD player on repeat and I could not fall asleep and I'm, I'm like there's a man in my bed I brought him here I made this happen this is so exciting I could not fall asleep I was, I was awake the entire night like pinching him like is he real yeah. uh, is he gonna be there when I, when I, I couldn't fall asleep because I didn't think he was gonna be there when I woke up that's what it was all about so you know dawn approaches birds are chirping and he stirs and, and I f- sort of fake stir oh yeah wow what a, what a, what a night's sleep oh, how, are you, how are you doing yeah wanna get breakfast uh, how is this gonna end and um, he has to catch a ride back to New York, and uh, we have this really sweet, gentle conversation. I, he kind of helps me get out of bed, and I walk him outside, and you know, I'm sort of uh, thinking, you know, I'm probably never going to see him again. Who knows? Um, but we just had this great night, and it was just such a sweet and charming person. The rest of the day, I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get all the fucking song lyrics of Pete Yorn songs out of my head, first of all. And second of all, I was exhausted, but I was so emotional because I was, I was just walking down the sidewalk. I'd go into a store, and everyone I'd meet, I'd be like, you want to know what I did last night? Uh, like, I wanted to call my physical therapist. I wanted to call, like, my best friend. I, I wanted to call ESPN and get a play-by-play, you know? Like, how did that go? Where was, where was that hand? Oh, right. Yeah, nice. Um, I wanted to call my mom. Oh, I wanted to call my mom and tell her, like, I brought a boy home. Oh, that's weird. Um, a couple hours later, I turned on the computer, and he's already emailed me. And the email 
is in the inbox, like it exists. And he's actually has feelings and wants to connect with me virtually, not physically. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm actually not gonna tell you what the email said because it was really, um, it was private. It was between the two of us. I've, I've never gotten anything like it in my life. I've never felt so connected to someone and I've never felt so proud of myself for going through with it to getting my life back to having a moment with someone who could see me for the person that I was and not for my disability or not for my difference. And it was, uh, it was the best type of connection I could have ever had. And I knew from that day forward um, that I had some serious game. <laughs> Thank That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.